Welcome to Decolonize to Thrive, a podcast dedicated to nourishing the soul through stimulating conversation, thought-provoking facts, and vulnerable exchange. Join me, your host, Ina Briggs, and my co-host, T. Lacey, as we disseminate what it means to decolonize the many facets of our lives. All right, so I, I want to first just say we are like really grateful that you um, have made the time to come back and speak with us about um, what it means to get attuned to our spiritual worlds. And uh, we learned so much from you in the first episode um, that we felt like we needed to bring you back. So um, so here we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the first thing we want to do is just kind of check in with you and see how things have been since uh, the last time we talked. And I know that you mentioned near the end of that episode um, that you were going to be uh, participating in a ceremony ceremony. Um, that involve like a toad excretion. So uh, we just wanted to check in with you around those things. Like what have you been up to and then how did that go? Yeah. You know what? Honestly, since we last talked, so much has happened. And on, I really enjoyed being on the podcast the first time. So thank you again for inviting me back because I honestly could have, we could have talked all night just about stuff. Because I really Definitely. love talking about this aspect of ourselves, which we don't necessarily have the freedom or, you know, the space mm -hmm. to do that freely. Um, so thank you for having me and for allowing me the platform and the ability to just share. I don't know everything. I just share what I've gone through and, right. you know, what I've experienced. So this is all just based off of my experience. There is no right or wrong path Absolutely. to spirituality. It's whatever works for you, whatever feels right. I like to say mm -hmm. whatever feels right and perfect. Mm. Um, but since we last talked, um, I've been super busy, like ridiculously busy. And it's really interesting. <laughs> I can tell that I'm shifting. I'm, I'm shifting from a person that used to really enjoy being busy, you know, meeting to meeting, you know, running from this place on the cell phone, just multitasking. I really used to enjoy that. Mm. and I'm moving into this space where I'm wanting to simplify my life and I'm wanting to have less chaos and I'm wanting to have less busyness mm. that's good and everything that I'm doing now it's really great stuff but it's just it's taking up a lot of my time and I'm also in this space where I really want to fine-tune my focus and um it's not on 20 different things anymore like it's just right like one or two things so I've just mm -hmm. been really busy finishing up herbal school I have like a month and a half um I'm super behind on homework but it is what it is <laughs> and um you know growing we were talking about our podcast earlier yes. so you know, growing our podcast we have a mm -hmm. women's retreat that we had coming up for this weekend but we decided to push it out to November I can share oh. a women's retreat later I did see that okay um, we're looking to make it in November um but the last time we talked, I shared that I was meeting with this shaman. Yeah. I was going to do this ceremony with him. And it's called Bufu, Buf Bufo, sorry, Bufo. Okay. And I'm very open about the things that I participate in or partake in outside of my regular life. Um, I am 
I am a proponent of using plant medicine to oh. really explore yourself spiritually, inwards, outward. So I've done ayahuasca, I've done um, mushrooms. I've, and of course, these are all under the guidance of someone who is helping to guide us through. I mean, they call it like a- Okay, yeah, I'm glad you so said this that. This is all under the guidance. This isn't me just sitting in my living room, just tripping and whatever. Right, this yeah, is, yeah. Um, with intention, like we pray for a week before we, you know, we're setting our intention. Mm -hmm. What is it that we want out of these ceremonies? Yeah. So I'm with this shaman um, on the north side and I had no, I had no, I honestly had, I didn't know what to expect. Like I've, I've done the ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca is definitely a, an energy, a kind, but firm energy to work with. Um, I've done mushrooms, which can be just a very enlightening plant to work with in terms of spirituality and just life. I mean, you just, I, I mean, there's no way that you, I, I can't, I've never been able to leave the same that I came in. So with this mm. particular ceremony, I had no idea what to expect. Um, I did a little bit of research, but again, research is not really, I mean, it just doesn't always give you what you need beforehand but um mm -hmm. this was an amazing experience probably one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever had um, I mean and amazing I'm saying that word just because I can't really think of another adjective to describe <laughs> the experience but right. it was like it was a beautiful experience I've never I've never had that before so wow, wow. Yeah. So um, do you want me to share like kind of how things went and what I experienced? You know, I think what would definitely um, be helpful is knowing what did you experience is like one, maybe the major benefit of having gone through that ceremony. Like what were some of the changes that you noticed, um, whether it was just, you know, within your own self or in general, the ways that you noticed the people around you who also participated um that were beneficial for you so these are private ceremonies so it's just me and the shaman and because of shaman ah, male okay. he did have a female assistant there to help me okay because, you know he doesn't want to um you know some women can be like oh you touched me and he's just like very oh that makes sense okay that kind of yeah yeah but um one of the things that i can definitely say is i went like i I died. I had an ego death. Mm, okay. And I was rebirthed. And so I honestly, if, if I ever had to, if I ever had to sit and explain like what an experience, like what a butterfly goes through in terms of the experience of becoming a butterfly from a caterpillar to going in the chrysalis and yeah. becoming this like nothing and then becoming this beautiful thing, I went through that, through the ceremony. And I also realized, I think spiritually, we have a tendency to think outside of ourselves, like, you know, God is outside of us, you know, spirit right. is outside of us, right? within. And that was something that this, this ceremony does. It brings you deep within and it connects you to God. Like you are, it is a straight connection to God. And it's really amazing because like you're, like my body was not there. 
my my mm. my soul was my conscious was but like my, my physical body was offline like I was checked out like it was as, it, it was almost as if you know someone reset your computer that's what I was going through but my conscious was still there and I was still very aware of what was happening so it was just it was the most beautiful experience I could ever imagine having. and so this was with the use of psychedelics Yes, yeah, so this is Bufo, and I believe Bufo is, um, I believe it is a type of DMT, but okay. a lot of therapists are, and there are like Netflix shows that talk about this yeah. stuff. It's not just people who are just in a corner, like again, in a room, just yeah. tripping, <laughs> but you are really going, yeah. like you're really working through your, sh can I curse on here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you are really working through your shit, to be honest. Okay. And I think, you know, and they've even said for some people who go through therapy and go through years and years of therapy, you can actually heal through just a ceremony mm -hmm. or two going through okay. these. Like it, it just, it really, it really helps to break down a lot of barriers that we allow ourselves to put up. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it was a beautiful experience. I'm going to do it again before my birthday. Okay. Okay. I feel like I need to um, check in with you about the details on that. Oh, yeah, it's something that. Yeah. I'm curious about, and I don't know if it's just me or if it's a thing that is actually just becoming more talked about in general, but I'm hearing a lot about the use of psychedelics, like over the last maybe or so it's yeah. been, a, it's been very frequent. I've seen a documentary about it. I saw a Netflix series about ayahuasca, um, I was in a spiritual group and that was one of the topics we were talking about. Um, I was listening to my favorite podcast the other day and their latest episode is about psychedelics. I'm like, what is this? This is either a sign for me that I need to be like researching it or this is becoming a thing that people are just, I think, embracing more of. So um, yeah, so it's really good to know that that was something that you also found useful and um, that you can share those resources because I am very curious yeah, um, would like to explore deeper myself and honestly I feel like our society if it's anything that awakens us up to ourselves it's considered mm -hmm. bad. it's like oh no you can't do that that's bad that's bad true yeah yeah or if there's anything that allows you to really see like who you are spiritually yeah yeah stand in that power it's like oh no it's bad it's bad you gotta stay away from that so it's interesting to see like how beneficial this work is mm -hmm. that plant medicine is um yet there's also this side of it's like oh no we have to legalize it or we have to do this and oh we have right. to but it's not accessible to people um because of course like imagine us imagine a world where everyone is awakened to their divine selves like imagine right yeah and, and thinking about like the way that um colonialism has affected our perceptions of these things as well because um of course, the indigenous peoples have been using these <laughs> forever and, you know, ceremonies have been taking place forever. Um, but it's like now that we can get our hands on it and de decide if it's, you know, appropriate or if it's legal or not, you know, now it's a thing that can be talked about more. And I feel like that plays a part. And um, I think it's important to acknowledge that as well. I, I do agree with you. I think there's been a lot of fear mongering around that, like, you know, um, what it will do to you. People have just been afraid to, I think, explore that topic, myself included. I'm not going to lie. Um, I bought into a lot of it. Too. Like it also, it, 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 
it takes money out of the pockets of several entities, several yes. institutions. Yes. So yes. it's like if you're able to do these type of ceremonies, of course, with intention, not just going in and just I just want to go up be high or whatever the case. Right. Be. Yeah. Like you take, you know, then it's like where the where do therapists live then? Where do mm -hmm. you know where is their place? Where is the place of churches? And it's like it's really interesting how certain things are put into place to prevent us from knowing who we are for the benefit of monetizing other entities. Yes. Yes. And it, and it's so sad how so much of it comes back to that always. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll ask you about this is you talked about your body being, you know, feeling like your body was just there. You weren't really um, feeling one with your body, but you felt more like you were uh, really in tune with maybe a higher version of yourself or one with God. Um, can you explain a little bit more in detail? Like, what did that actually feel like for you? Did you have any like visions or were you taken back? I've heard people talk about being taken back to um, events in their lives or being able to confront situations from their past and like try it again and do it over to heal it so that they can move forward. So I'm just curious, what was your personal experience if you want to go into detail? That's a really good question. Um, so I was literally offline. Mm. I was, I was offline. Consciously, like um, spiritually, I was still, I was still there, and I was traveling and journeying, and um, I was dealing with some of my challenges that I have here in the three D world. But mm. I physically, like, I could not feel anything. I was, I, my, my body, my avatar was literally offline. It was just, it was like someone unplugged me. Wow. Um, the interesting though, the interesting piece though, was as I was coming back into my body, like my conscious was coming back in, mm -hmm. coming from a space where I encompassed all, like my, my energy was expansive like extremely expansive and then when I was coming back into my body it had to narrow itself back into like to fit into Ooh. this body and then as I came into my body I felt the heaviness I felt the weight of the body I felt the the density of the earth and I was starting to feel like the pains in my body like oh my gosh yeah. why and I remember coming into my body, I was saying, why do I do that to myself? Like, why do I put so much stress on my body? Wow. Yeah. Where, as I was coming into it, I was coming from this space where I felt nothing but bliss, nothing but love, nothing but mm -hmm. freedom, nothing but expansiveness. Mm -hmm. And then to come back into this 3D world where I'm in this physical body, I could feel like the pain in my hip. I could feel the pain in my shoulder, the, mm -hmm. the stress I was holding in my neck. And as I was coming in, I was... I said to the shaman, why do I do that to myself? Like, and I was starting to cry because, mm. you know, in this world, we are so pressured to succeed yep. and so yep. Yep. produce and so pressured to just be on the ball and go and go and go. And in that moment, I was just like, none of this is worth it. Mm. It was just, it was very interesting. It was such an enlightening experience. Um, but it was so beautiful. It really was. I just... Mm want to go back <laughs> <laughs> um what was the role of the shaman then through this experience so when you came back into your body 
were, what was their role? How did they help you like make sense of what you had just experienced? So as I was coming into my body, the female um, assistant that he had, she was mm -hmm. kind of helping me um, because there's a lot of energy that's flowing through your body. So like, I don't know if you've heard, well, you've probably heard since you've seen some ayahuasca documentaries, but with ayahuasca, it can make you, it can cause you to purge a lot. I have seen that, yeah. And so with this particular medicine, you're not purging, but you are, there is this energy where you are having to do a lot of spitting, mm. and a lot of burping, a lot of belching, and it's this energy that needs to move out, and this energy mm -hmm. that is in your body and blocking you, and so as you're going through this um as you're going through your ceremony, it's releasing. And so it releases through burps, it releases through um, spitting, it releases through, you know, all of those yeah. things. So she was there just helping me wiping my mouth, which, you know, you have your eyes covered, so you can't see anything, but you know, there's this bowl to the side of you where you're spitting into the bowl. But so she was there just helping me, um, you know, wiping my mouth. And um, as I was coming in, she offered me some water and just like rubbed my back and um and then afterwards like as I was when once I was fully into my body then the shaman was like okay so what did you experience do you want to talk about it and I was crying for a little bit because it was just um I had mm. this awareness of all of the pressure that I put on myself to just be in this 3d realm and yeah I, after going through that because you are you are and I don't want to keep saying literally but as you are going through this ceremony you are yeah. connecting to source you are connecting to God mm. the Bufo medicine does it connects you to God and so I was just crying because I was thinking everything that we do on the on this day-to-day -day basis you know trying to move up the corporate ladder and trying to work our right. way to get this promotion and get the money mm -hmm. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's just not, yeah. It's nothing. It's not worth it. It's not, <clears throat> yeah. It just, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And so as I was coming through, I just couldn't understand why I would put so much stress on myself. Yeah. Because I almost had this moment where I was in myself, but then I was also outside of myself and able to see like all of the stuff that I was doing to yeah. achieve all of these things that I think would be great and all the stress that came with it and i felt it physically and i'm just like i don't understand why am i doing this to myself yeah yeah that's it powerful just, it was beautiful yeah thank you so much for sharing um and i know you talked about feeling that you were connected with god or with source some people call it god some people call it source um and we know that it may take different forms depending on what a person's beliefs are um and one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is we talked about in the last episode to spirit guides mm -hmm. um, and how they can um, be present for us to kind of help us, you know, in this physical reality. And um, but they cannot intervene without our permission. Right. And without us tapping into what they have to share with us. Um, so I've been really paying more attention about you know the ways that I can connect with my spirit guides. And I've also been reflecting on my past experiences. And I have felt several times that I woke up from a dream and felt like I had this, it's kind of hard to explain, but I just had this knowing about certain things. 
-hmm. that maybe I was not even conscious that I needed to know or that I wanted to know, but I just knew it. Right. And it was like right on the tip of my tongue. I can almost write it down as soon as I wake up. Um, and then I had another experience that I can recall vividly where I felt like um, someone who had passed in my family um, wanted to give me a message. And this wasn't someone that I even had a close knit relationship with. So it was really random to me when I woke up and I felt like it was the presence of this person that was with me in my dream and that had a message for me. And so after listening to our episode, I was like, I wonder if that is kind of like what a way that my spirit guides may be able to connect with me. So I wanted to like hear what you might think about, you know, the ways that spirit guides connect with us in our dreams. You think one of those portals um, that we can kind of connect with them through spiritually. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And I fully, fully, without a shadow of a doubt, believe that our sleep is an opportunity for us to journey and portal through to the other side. Mm, okay. Um, and I say this all the time, like when I'm, cause when I sleep, I know I'm traveling. I am traveling. I mean, there are, so I'm just naturally, I'm not an, uh, a natural dreamer. Usually yeah. I have a dream that is something that I remember and I realize that it's a, it's, um, sign or there's a message for me I will have like those very vivid dreams yeah for the most part I'm not a dreamer in that way but right. I do believe um everyone connects to spirit and with their ancestors and with their spirit guides in a different way mm. and sometimes our guides understand like I had one client and she was telling me that her grandmother used to visit her in her dreams mm. and her grandmother during our session came to me and she was like well yeah i I come visit her in her dreams because I know that that's a way that makes her feel comfortable for us to connect. Like for, for right. her, it makes the connection feel real. But mm. I also have to share with her that her grandmother also comes to her and presents herself in various ways. It can be a butterfly, it can be a feather, it can be a rabbit. I mean, whatever it is, our ancestors, our spirit guides can sometimes come to us in different ways too. So I think it's important for us to not just wait to like the sleep right. realm that we can visit or, you know, meet our ancestors or meet um, our guides on the other side, but just also just be open and conscious and aware. And I think that forces us to be present in the present moment. But yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The dreams that you have, um, you may have some ancestors that will come. And I also think it depends on the person because you may just be that person that the type of person where things happen for you in the dream world realm. Right. Not necessarily, I don't necessarily connect to spirit in the dream realm often, but I can. But for some okay. people, that is that is kind of the bridge for them in, right. their, in their sleep. So yeah. it is, I, yeah, it is an absolute, I say an absolute yes, that our ancestors mm -hmm. will come and visit us. Sometimes our spirit guides will come to us too in different forms. It can be maybe a lion or you know, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it's important for us to make sure to keep a journal by our bed so that when we wake up and we have something that is like really fresh in our brains that we can write yes. down. Agreed. Personally, yeah. I've been using my phone notes because my phone is typically <laughs> right there, even though that isn't necessarily the best thing to have right next to your bed, but, it uh, yeah. but it's been working for me. So, um, so yeah.
<laughs> um, and I've always thought that sleeping and dreams was kind of a really spiritual sort of process. It just feels that way. Um, I know that I've heard people speak about dreams in ways that, and like messages and dreams that didn't always resonate with me, but I know that I've also felt like there was some truth to, to that being like a portal to connecting with, um, you know, like spiritual, the spiritual realm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, speaking of, of connecting with the spiritual realm, another thing that I've been reflecting on and, and hearing about um, in some spaces is past life regression. Um, and so I wanted to, yeah, it's very interesting, very interesting. I actually been reading a book and discussing with a friend um, and it's titled uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. Um, and it is the story of someone who works in therapy, who was able to um, put uh, one of his clients under hypnosis and she was able to kind of like, you know, actually refer back to past lives um, in her state of unconsciousness. Yeah. Really curious about it. And um, I would imagine that it also could be a part of like the process of, you know, engaging in psychedelics or ceremonies that is a component that people can tap into. Um, so wanted to hear from you, just like if you have any past life regression, um, whether it's for yourself or just in general. Yeah. So I have done past life regression. Um, so my business partner, and I'll, I will just say to just caution those who are listening, um, because mm -hmm. some people are definitely out for it just for the money. Yes, yes. I'm one of those people who are very open and I, I'm very eager to learn more about who I am and about, you know, just really fully understanding all of myself. I'm really focused on self-mastery and just really understanding like, who am I and who have I been and, who, you know, all of that. So my friend, yeah. did a, uh, my business partner did a, a past life regression for me and she sent me back. And for me, I'm really connected to the water. I just, there's something like the water mm. feels like home for me. And mm. this past life regression, I was, I was like a mermaid. I think this was like Atlantean times or Lemurian times, but I was definitely in the water and I lived in the water. Wow. And I was this like entity that was, I mean, I, mean the, I just, the only word that I can come with is mermaid, but I shared yeah. about what I did and who I was and that was very fascinating and I it fully resonates with me but then yeah. I met this woman um I don't know if you've heard of um no Doreen I'll have to remember her name but okay. she she's the therapist and she's done like a lot of um she learned to put people in hypnosis and as she was talking to them she so she found that as she was doing this therapy putting people under um in hypnosis there there were these other versions of themselves that were surfacing mm -hmm. they were talking about like back in egypt they were talking about you know their times as another person living a different life yeah and so I found this woman who studied under this woman and, and she, I paid a pretty amount of money. It was, sorry, her name is Dolores Cannon. Okay. Woman um, trained under her or basically learned the technique that Dolores Cannon learned to put these people under. And so I went to her and 
I really, I mean, I just went with it, but mm -hmm. a lot of it made so much sense. And I've already kind of explored my past lives because when I meditate, sometimes I'll go back. Okay. Uh, also, like when I've worked with plant medicine, sometimes those mm -hmm. past aspects of me will surface. Like I yeah. realized um, one of the reasons why I have such this this the word witch I it just it shakes me to the core because in one of my past lives I was killed because people thought that I was a witch and wow. so there are these there are these past life expressions that you bring into the present life which can sometimes explain why you might have a fear of speaking, why you might not like yeah. crowds, why you might not like certain things. Or... I've heard that, yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. But honestly, it like is. you can, you can I, I believe that you can do it yourself. And you can also explore your own Akashic records too, which I've will also that. kind of share with you like your past experiences because the Akashic record is the library of your soul. And you know, your soul, it never dies. So it would, it has this record of, you in all of these different phases of your life so yeah but I, I think it's a really great way to learn about yourself and mm -hmm. to also like if you have any healing that needs to be done I mean I've been working on like going to a past life to do some healing that will affect me here in the present moment and you can absolutely do that yeah okay thank you for sharing that was really enlightening um Something I've been wondering about lately as we talk about um, things like past lives and energy. We talked about energy in the last episode and how it's everything is energy and energy is just transformed. Um, I've been having a harder time understanding like how we define ancestor, right? Because for example, if I have a, a family member who you know, passed away, right? So is no longer present in this life, yet their energy is still present, right? Um, then that person could opt back into the physical dimension, right? I've heard people even say things like, what if your child was like your ancestor, right? Just in a different life. You know, it, it's like, well, then how do we define ancestor? What is, what is an ancestor really? And I, I think there is confusion around what, that term actually means. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I am curious to know like how you would define an ancestor or what is your understanding of an ancestor? Yeah, so when I think of an ancestor and this is just me and my personal definition, again, I don't, Yeah. I'm only speaking to my experience. Right. For to me, an, um, an ancestor is someone who I'm a part of, like, I'm a part of the lineage. I'm a part of their bloodline. Okay. There is this, there is a connection, a relation there. It can be like my great, 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 great grandfather. That's an ancestor of mine. Uh -huh. um, but I consider an ancestor someone who lived before me. But then we can also get into the whole thing where time doesn't exist because it's it's not linear. I mean, it's, it's not... um horizontal it's vertical I mean there are so many different ways that we can like it will hurt my brain at this point <laughs> but just to make it easy I consider an ancestor someone who's lived before me and okay. who 
am a part of I'm a part of that lineage, mm -hmm. part of their bloodline. Okay, um, but I think I just I I would get confused when I would hear people say, you know, you had an ancestor, but then they could have come back into this reality as your child, right? So then I'm like, well, then technically that can happen too. I pass, then I become their ancestor, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, so it's like, well, what is then an ancestor? Because so the way you defined it is that we're all from the same lineage. Not like, But then I also consider an ancestor as someone who's lived before me and who has experienced certain things before me and who can help to guide me here in the present. So okay. experience. So I also consider okay. as an ancestor. But yes, I mean, you're an, you're, I mean, I haven't heard of many cases where that happens, but yeah, yeah, your ancestor, if they wanted to reincarnate in this realm today and they wanted to come through as as a child of yours absolutely i mean that can happen mm -hmm. you know they're yeah, yeah. come in and it's like oh my gosh this child has such an old soul mm, i've heard that definitely you know yeah but i think just to keep it simple your ancestor again this is for me i look at an ancestor as someone who is a part of my bloodline who mm -hmm. lived before me and who experienced life before me and who's now yeah. to give me guidance and help me navigate this present realm yeah so it sounds like you um also believe in the idea of there being spirits who have more experience or that can provide guidance um so it sounds like there is kind of an high a hierarchy even in the spiritual world where there are some spirits that are a little bit more whether it's experience or they have um, mastered certain things in the physical dimension so that they're able to provide guidance to less experienced spirits. Is that? I'll say yes and no. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily okay. say that there's a hierarchy, although if you think about like master teachers and all of those things, like those are people who actually lived, who in their lifetime became enlightened and who are now considered master teachers in the spiritual realm. But I will say, like, for instance, my grandmother, my grandmother lived before me. Of course, I met her while she was here on this earth plane. Right. But after she passed, she's now, she has the wisdom. She carries the wisdom that yeah. she had while she lived on this earth plane where she's able to provide me guidance living this life now that will help me to make better decisions, better choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily, I don't look at it, I don't necessarily see it as a hierarchy, um, mm. but then, you know, I guess in some way there is, but it's it's just interesting because I feel like as humans, we have to label things. Right, yeah. You, know, you have your angels, you have your archangels, you have the master teachers, it's just, um, but I, when I work with my clients, I like to just refer to them as your soul team. Because, right. Um, and of course, it's not out of any disrespect, it's not... Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always making sure that I acknowledge our guides and our ancestors, but yeah. it just makes it easier because you can definitely, and this kind of goes back to the whole twin flame thing as we were talking about before, it can, it can really just take you off course. And honestly, mm -hmm. you can spend like so much time analyzing all of this stuff and that's not really the intent. Of the right. Intent of that, so. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so karma, this was a, you know, I had like a, a, a love hate relationship with the karma, but I, I have been more intentional about like understanding, 
um, what karma is. And I do believe in karma. Um, but a newer thing that has come up that I've been trying to understand a little bit more about is like a karmic debt. So I've heard about like um, karmic relationships or karmic debts that people then come into, you know, on the physical plane and they, you know, are working those out in this reality. Um, so how do you think we can, or in your experience or from your understanding, do you think there's a way to identify karmic relationships or if we have like a karmic debt while we're here or is that even the purpose so are we talking about karmic relationships or karmic debt because those are two different things maybe maybe let's start there like what how would you define a karmic debt and then how would you define a karmic relationship so i don't necessarily believe i have a karmic debt so i haven't okay on my own but I can give you an ex just an example. So say okay. um, in karmic debt, honestly, and there are some people who don't believe in karmic debt, like there is no karma. Um, mm. But I do believe that what you, again, if we're looking at energy, every energy is everything. Yeah, yeah. What you put out is what you receive. And so if you, like within your bloodline, you have some ancestors who did some real shady shit mm -hmm. and they decided, okay, I'm because I'm, I'm a power hungry person. Mm. I'm going to, um, I'm going to dedicate all of my bloodline to this demonic force or whatever, for the purpose of mm. me to have all of this power in this present life. And so people that are being born in, out of that bloodline, may then have some stuff that they realize they're having to work through. Mm, okay. part of, I would consider that like karmic debt because that's something that came through like an ancestor and it's something right. that was passed down. On. That's something mm -hmm. that's been passed down. Right. Um, I mean, people talk about it all the time, like, you know, I'm here to break generational curses. Yeah. Generational curses in the same, I look at them in the same bucket as karmic Great. debt because this is something that is being passed down through your bloodline from your grandmother to your child and their generation. So um, I believe it is real. Mm. And, but I also believe that it is something that can be overcome and can be released. Mm. Mm. I love that. That's really good. And I love how you kind of brought in the idea of generational curses, because I feel like that's a little bit more common or language that people probably interact with more. Mm. Um, and can help us understand what a karmic debt might be or in you know similar realm. Um, now a karmic relationship, how is that different? And that can be positive or negative, right? Or um, what do you think? So it's really interesting. So uh, recently on my podcast on Two Queens and Crystal Things, um, Shameless Plug, we have <laughs> this series where we're talking about soul contracts and twin flames and karmic relationships. Mm -hmm. And based on the definition, and again, I was in this space where I was just like, oh, is this a twin flame? Is this my soulmate? And I finally got to a point where I was like, I don't really care. I just care right. about my spiritual work and um, how that work is going to, how that work is going to continue on with this relationship and what that means for me in terms of yeah. um, being aligned and all of those things. So anyway. Mm -hmm. I feel that my first marriage was a karmic relationship 
karmic relationships can be very traumatic and the purpose of karmic relationships are oftentimes to teach you something there is a lesson karmic relationships are also not like long-term relationships but if you can think of like a really and they don't have to be like romantic they can also be platonic um they can also go as well but think about like those really fiery traumatic dark relationships Mm. that you have to go through and they are so painful when you are moving through them but once you get to the other side there's almost the sense of I really had no idea who I truly was until this person showed up in my life once you get Mm. that lesson then that person is gone like my ex-husband for instance he was a karmic I consider him to be a karmic relationship. We have two amazing children that came out of that relationship, but he broke me in so many ways that I can't Mm. even imagine my life had I not been broken because had I not gone through that relationship with him, I would not be who I am today and I would not be doing what I'm doing today. So I, I send a lot of gratitude his way, but that relationship taught me a lot about myself but the interesting thing is there's no like there's no connection like we're it's gone like whatever yeah yeah whatever tie we had whatever was binding us together that like the children Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like it was a completely different lifetime Mm. with them you know like that relationship is like just gone so with karmic relationships, do they are they all really hard traumatic relationships? Is there ever a potential where they can be positive or more loving? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no based okay. on my experience. Okay, okay. This is based on my experience, but I, I yeah. definitely think that there is a possibility for any of these relationships to be able to shift and manifest in the way. Um, but I will say my belief is karmic relationships have a tendency to pull things out of you Mm. unless your partner is also willing to do the work you know then then i think in that particular um, situation you two can then move into a more um meaningful and balanced relationship yeah it's one-sided whereas that there's just something in that person that causes um or triggers something like my ex-husband triggered all types of shit in me Mm. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the other way around but I learned a lot from that relationship and now that that lesson is learned I can now move on I'm free from that relationship yeah yeah that's kind of how I how I have experienced karmic relationships um he was the only one um I think that was all I could stand (laughs) <laughs> that one was enough so. yeah that was that was definitely <laughs> enough but that's yeah. just that's how I explain it for my you know just based on my experience yeah that's interesting I think for me when I think about my life I think my most valuable lessons have come through my relationships um particularly my ro- romantic relationships yeah. it seems like yeah those are the ones that have like been the most impactful in my growth um, and for each one, it almost feels like a level up, almost like, okay, I know now what this lesson has taught me, you know, I won't tolerate this or this is who I am. So 
Um, that's a really interesting concept about karmic relationships. I, there are definitely been some that have been harder than others that have yeah. felt really traumatic. Um, and, and you mentioned that they don't all have to be re romantic too. And right. I, that resonates with me. Yeah. yeah. But no, I was just going to say that I also think um, it's important for people to acknowledge that yeah. relationships are mirrors too. Right. They yes. Reflect to us the areas that we need mm -hmm. to work on ourselves or the areas that um, could use some fine tuning or the areas where, yeah, where we just need to put a little bit more of our energy and our focus into. That's right. Those are the areas that come out of those relationships. And so, mm -hmm. Um, there's there's a purpose to it all. Yeah, yeah. So all relationships in some way support our growth and yeah, Absolutely. so identifying evolution, our expansion. Yeah, uh -huh. all of the above. So one of the so I know um, and on your podcast you all have been talking about the different type of karmic relationships and that, those are really great. I want to plug it for you too because I listened to all three and they were. <laughs> they were really good. I learned so much, so much from you all. Um, and um, we also kind of into it a little bit in our last episode around like contracts, soul contracts to be exact. Um, and you mentioned that uh, we can negotiate contracts. So I've been thinking about that ever since you said it. Like what, uh, what would be a reason someone would negotiate a soul contract? Um, and then what ways do you think they could go about doing that? Like, how do you negotiate a contract once you've already opted in? Good question. And it's funny because as, mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking about it and I was just like, I honestly don't necessarily have a question for that, but I'm going to respond. Um, and again, this is just based yeah. on my experience. I want to continue to preface that. So, you know, the sole contract is what we agreed to to come down here. And of course, when we were born into this world, we forgot all about that. We forgot about what we said we, mm -hmm. we were coming here to do. We forgot that we agreed to all of these things. Mm -hmm. um, so we're coming in just being very naive, like, oh my gosh, I'm the victim. But so think about any type of contract that we may mm -hmm. sign or be involved in. What would be the basis for us renegotiating it? It either doesn't feel right. Yeah. Or you know, maybe things have changed since we agreed to it and we want to go back and like, this doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Or you have gotten to a point where you realize like, this is actually kind of hard. This is harder than mm -hmm. I thought. Mm -hmm. And you were on the verge of just like, I can't do this anymore. Again, it's whatever you deem as important enough to say, you know what, I need to sit down with you and negotiate. So for instance, I'm using this as an example. This is, um, um, I'm, I consider myself an open book. Uh -huh. so I mentioned to you that I tend, to, like I used to really enjoy being busy. Oh, I have this, I'm this, I'm mm -hmm. this person. I'm, you know, running from here, yep. doing this, about 15 different things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That is part of my contract that I agreed to do. Mm. I, I agreed to that. Okay. I agreed to having that type of life. I'm, I'm I'm in the process of negotiating that with my guides. I'm actually going to my guides for that because I'm like, this no longer resonates for me. Yeah, it doesn't serve you. I no longer want to be that person who is constantly running and barely has, be quiet. I'm sorry, that's my daughter. <laughs> You're fine. I, you know, I'm, I'm at a point where I am evolving and I'm growing and I no longer 
want to be that person who isn't fully present. Yeah, yeah. That is an aspect of myself that I, it has, I mean, I've been living this way probably all of my adult life. And I know that that is a part of who I am, but I no longer want that. And so I decided that that's something that I want to renegotiate. Not to say that I want to live a life of like ease all the time, because I do realize that in order to grow, there needs to be a little bit of push and a pull and a little bit of a ripping and a breaking. But this busyness that I have adopted in my life, I don't want it anymore. So that is now I've gotten to a point where I feel like I have evolved and I'm realizing that's, that's no longer something that I desire for myself. And so now I want to renegotiate that. Mm. My life no longer reflects the, it reflects the busyness and the craziness. And the yeah. So again, you, I believe that you can negotiate it. And I, for me, the way that I go about doing it is I sit down in my meditation mm. and I connect with my guys and I'm like, look, I need you all to help me with this. Like whatever it is that you need to speak to or whatever the powers that be, whether even that's me connecting the source directly, this mm. is something that no longer benefits me. It no longer assists in my growth. It no longer allows me to expand as the divine feminine whatever it is that I am at that moment in time, it no longer, it's no longer supporting my expansion. And so I want to change that. Yeah. And I mean, it can even be like, you know, limitations that we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. I am renegotiating that. I no longer desire to have this mindset where I feel like I'm not worthy of X, Y, and Z. I'm not worthy of a good relationship where I'm not worthy of you know, that's yeah. also a part of my contract I'm renegotiating now. So mm. I love that. Yeah. So for me, that sounds like identifying pattern in my life, whether it's the relationship, whether it's through behaviors, um, it can even be just being drawn to certain things that I think don't serve me anymore. Right. And I love that you mentioned, you know, whether it's in meditation or in depending on where you are in your spiritual journey. Yeah, connecting. you can journal too, you can write a note. Right. You can write a, a letter to the, you know, to God, to source, mm-hmm. to divine, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. It's all the same. Yeah. You can write a letter and say, you know what? I no longer want to X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you want to renegotiate, you know, it's like, because if you think about it, we are, we are the creator of our lives. We are, oh. um, we are the man we are the master manifestors of our lives mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we have full authority and autonomy to create the life that we desire and so if it's a life that we no longer feel connected or resonate with we can mm-hmm. change it yeah especially yeah. if it's a part of our contract i mean regardless i will say if there is a lesson that you have to learn it's going to come through regardless it's yeah. going to come through whether it is, you know, me being busy or me being on a beach, you know, whatever lesson that mm-hmm. I said or agreed to learn in this lifetime, it's going to happen. It's going to come. Yeah, through. still going to surface. So right. thinking about how to negotiate that contract, it's not just about setting the intention, but then taking action towards a different decision. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Like, I think, you know, um, not I think, 
But when we talk about manifesting, some of us think, okay, I'm going to manifest this dream house. <laughs> this, you know, um, seven figure salary and just sit back. And it's like, no, you have to <laughs> behind it. You can't, right. just, you can't just envision it. I mean, of course there are some things like parking spots. I can manifest it in my brain and, uh, you know, I come up and then there it is. But, you know, there are some things that you want to create for yourselves that require some action. You can't just say, oh, this is what I want and then not do anything behind it. You have to, there's an energy exchange, you know? Absolutely. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because there's so much stuff out here, especially on social media about manifesting and just putting the intention out into the universe and, you know, sit by your bed every day and look at it. <laughs> you like, wake I'm waiting to become a right? stay-at-home <laughs> Are you gonna be waiting for a long time? Because I've been waiting yeah. for stay at home dog mom. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so glad you you made that distinction. Um uh okay, so you talked about being in school. I think you said you were going to school for uh herbology, right? Yeah. Okay, so you are an herbalist. Yeah, um, and is this like a so is this just about the formal title or is this something that um, you need to do in order to move into like certain spaces. So what's motivating you to get the, to go to school for it? Cause it seems like you're already doing it. Yeah. So it's both. Um, so, okay. and it's funny cause my business partner is like, Christy, you are always going to some sort of training certification. <laughs> I'm a forever student of life. That is, I do enjoy that. That is something Same. that I do just, I enjoy being a student. Yes. Um, but I studied herbs. I mean, I've been working with herbs for over 20 years now. That's what mm. actually my son, who is now 22, when he was born, he was born with eczema mm, okay. through the use of herbs and just making all of his baby products. I helped to heal his skin. And so since then, I just started like really working with herbs and studying them. Um, but I decided now it would just be best, especially with my apothecary, that for me, course because we are living in this 3d world a lot of people associate certifications and certain degrees right certain mm -hmm. types of like you know you have to hit these milestones to show that you've done this mm -hmm. and I kind mm -hmm. of consider the training as um my way of showing my customers and my clients that I am committed to the work and I put in the time and I put in the hours and I put in the work um to be able to say that I'm an herbalist so that's the reason why I like that yeah but yes I am I'm in school um, I'm in the apprentice level next year is clinical I'm not doing clinical because I have too many other projects that I need to finish mm -hmm. so I'm stopping at apprentice and if I'm guided to go back for my third year for clinical then I will do that hmm. that's a beautiful thing and I want to wish you all the best in your your journey um, towards your certification um, in herbology um, so just kind of based on your experiences working with herbs, you mentioned healing your son's skin. I know I follow your pages and I see all of the amazing things that you do with herbs. Um, what do you think are some of the the lessons or what are some of the wisdom that you've been able to take away from just engaging with nature in that way? That's another good question that you <laughs> <laughs> And again, I've been thinking about, it, I'm like, I don't know how to answer it. So we will see. So honestly, <clears throat> and I work with crystals too. And I have learned 
in my time working with crystals and in my time like working with herbs and I feel like now I'm moving into that space where there is this there is a there is a, a spirit or a consciousness that you can access in crystals and in herbs and working with herbs they will actually tell you how they want to work with you and it's going to be different for each person it's going to be in you know it's this is an individualized experience yeah yeah um, so i'll just use rose as a really great example so rose is just in its very essence the rose is just beautiful and opened but with protection yeah you know, yeah with thorns and so Rose teaches us that we can be free to like be our, our authentic selves if we feel safe and if we feel protected. So there are different lessons that plants yes. teach us as we work with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, rosemary is another great herb that I absolutely love. Um, it's very connected to like ancestral work, but yes. rosemary is very fragrant. It's very healing but rosemary is also like really good with helping with the memory because it's good with it's a circulatory herb so okay. rose, um, not rose but rosemary just allows you to really tap into like the memories of your ancestors so it's a really good herb to use like if you have an and like an altar for your ancestors and those are kind of the lessons that you can learn from working with these herbs working with plants um, and I'm still learning. Like I'm still, yeah. I am There's so much learning. to learn. There, there really is always. You yeah. Can, honestly, you can make a tea, you can sit with the tea and you can meditate with the tea. Like this is also a, a practice that we've done in my course where I've learned to really connect with the plant, but you can sit with the herb and for the tea and you can drink it and then just see what it tells you. Like, see, mm. a lot of times the plant will tell you like, this is how I want to work with you. It's a, it's a bi-directional relationship you know i love that i love that plants will tell you if you if you are open and you are willing to listen the plants will tell you how they want to work with you it's it's pretty it's really freaking amazing and that's honestly one of the reasons why i like to get out into nature because the energy that we have when we are surrounded by nature is the same type of energy we have when you are like have that direct connection to source i mean because again yes. god is all things and everything but at the same time, nothing. And mm. just being out in nature, just it brings in that connection. I mean, there are times where I'll go hiking and I'll be like touching trees and connecting with them. I mean, there's just so much that you can just learn from working with plants. It's it's amazing. I, I agree. Really yeah, and I think <clears throat> it doesn't get talked about a lot or we think about the ways that it um, serves us, but not in the way that you just described it as like a bi-directional um relationship I think that's um that's amazing that's I'm glad I asked you that question because your answer really um it I think it brought to the surface something that is there that we're not always cognizant of it's just that in their own unique ways every element of nature has something unique about it that we can learn from it absolutely um, yeah it's like if we're curious enough if we're observant enough we can tap into that wisdom and open um, enough I'm um right. I'm reading this book African American Herbalism and it talks about 
it's basically a book that's um, sharing a lot of herbalists, you know, African-American herbalists who have, yeah. you know, worked here and the work that they've done and how they've connected with the herbs. And many of them say, you know, the plants will tell you how they want to work with you. And that's, it's interesting because that's how even back then they've been able to connect with plants. But even to this day, that's the same way that we can connect with plants. It's just a, a matter of us being willing and open to do so. So, yeah, okay. that, that was a really great question. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um. Okay, so I, this is this is a question I've been dying to ask you, um, just to get your insight, <laughs> just to get your insight on. One thing I do want to say is like I really appreciate you being so open to all of the um, the questions because it's I think it's important to say that we all have our own wisdom that we can tap into and that we need to cultivate. Um, and you know, I, I think just watching your journey and, and learning from you has been something that has been so impactful for me. And I just want other people to be able to take away, yeah. you know, the nuggets that I've been able to take away from you and, um, you know, through your podcast and through just observing your work. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just appreciate your insights. Um, and I encourage anyone who's listening to the episode to really think about what resonates, you know, what feels true. Um, and if it doesn't, then, you know, leave it to the side. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not true, right? It may be, this isn't the time to receive right. the information. Not now. So, Absolutely. Exactly. Um, but one thing that has been on my mind has been, you know, energy. We think about things being energy. Um, there's been talk about, you know, evil spirits, you know, dark energy, even growing up in the church. I grew up in the church and I mean, really grew up in the church because my mom was a pastor. So I was at church, you know, Sunday through Monday, um, and I can recall some experiences I had in church that actually growing up made me very skeptical of the idea of like evil spirits um, because I feel like it was kind of exploited or it wasn't really, it didn't feel real to me. Um, but coming back into like the journey of discovery, I would say I'm on um, just in trying to understand and process like what does spirituality mean to me? Um, it has come up again that there is like dark energy or there are spirits that may not have our best good, you know, in mind. So, um, you know, how do we conceptualize that? What, how would you describe an spirit or what is energy? Do we all possess it? Is it a thing anybody can tap into? What do you think? So again, this is another good question I've been thinking about. I'm like, I have no idea how to, how to <laughs> And I love your honesty and openness. That's so important. And I will say that throughout my spiritual, and I hate using the spiritual journey, but yeah. I will say throughout um, my spiritual walk, my perception on good and bad has shifted. Mm. So I will give a little bit of a backdrop. I too was born and raised in the church mm. and when I was living in New York, this was after I became born again, because I went through this whole phase where I was not really interested in the Christian route. So I became Buddhist and I was like, okay, Buddhist for several years when I was living in New York, I was dealing with my eating disorder and mm. I knew I needed something spiritual. I just did not yeah. want to deal with Christianity because I just saw how, how it exploited my mom. Mm, yep. 
I was angry. I was angry. So I went the Buddhist route. And after that, I got to a point in my walk, you know, in Buddhism, I was like, I, I, how am I supposed to connect with this piece of paper, like the Gohanzan and the Butsudai? And I was chanting. And I remember I'd ask questions. Well, what does this mean? And no one could really give me an answer mm-hmm. of what, I, what it meant when I was chanting. So I ended up getting hospitalized, um, my eating disorder and my body shut down and I was in this hospital for a couple of days. I think I was still like in my teens. So I didn't know like being in the hospital that you could have a phone, you could have a TV, all of those things. Mm -hmm. But when the ambulance came to get me from my apartment, when I was living in the Bronx, I could not walk. But the only thing that I could do was I could crawl. And so my roommate, who was a Christian, she would always have these Bible studies in my in our apartment. And she would ask if I wanted to join. I was like, no, no, I'm a Buddhist. I'm a Buddhist, blah, blah, blah. But she kept asking. And so there's one particular night she invited me to her prayer circle and I joined and she was praying for me. And I'm like, how does she know all of this stuff about me? I didn't tell anybody this. <laughs> and I was Buddhist at the time. And that night I remember praying like, okay, God, if you're real, I need you to show me. And then it wasn't mm-hmm. long after that I ended up getting hospitalized. And that evening she gave me her Bible and I threw the Bible on the floor and let my dirty clothes fall on Ooh. top of it. But when the ambulance came and got me, the ambulance, I crawled to my room and I got the Bible. Something just told me to get the Bible. Anyway, fast forward in the hospital room, no TV, no phone. They're doing blood tests, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And so during this time, you know, HIV was pretty prevalent. This was in the nineties. Mm. Yeah. So I wanted to do an HIV test. I was like, yes, do whatever you need to do. Yeah. And the HIV counselor who was a Christian came to my room. I became born again. Mm. Then I joined this church living in the Bronx. It was right around the corner from my house. This was the first time. Yeah, this was the first time that I have ever come across a dark energy entity in the church. Uh, in the I, church? Yeah. Okay. I dance, so I used to dance professionally. And right. So I was on the dance ministry. And the pastor would kind of use the dance ministry leaders because we were all very tapped in and we were practicing at the church and there was this really dark, heavy, very cold energy, Mm. cold, heavy. And I mean, I, the moment I felt it, my eyes started to water this young girl who was next to us. She was a teen. She smelled it and she was like, oh my gosh, what's that smell? What's that smell? So he basically used the dance ministry people to help clean up the shit that he was bringing into the church. Anyway, that was my first experience. And I've had other experiences with dark energy. But what I have come to understand is that there is a place for everything. And in our 3D realm, we have to create this um, duality right it's good there's bad there's right. salt there's sweet there's light mm-hmm. there's dark there's wet there's dry okay. but in the spiritual realm there's none of that it just is it just right. exists and so um i have a yin yang tattoo on my ankle which mm. is you know it's a circle with the yin which is light half and is dark you can't have one without the other 
they That's both true. exist in order to create the yin yang. You can't just have the light and not have the dark. You can't have the dark without the light. And in this realm, you can't, like, how do you even know what dark is if you don't experience the light? How do you even know what light is if you don't experience the dark? Yes. So that's one of the reasons why shadow work is so important for us to explore, because in order for us to really understand the light part of ourselves, we have to understand the depths of the dark sides of ourselves. So yeah. everything has a place. Now, I will say, spiritually, there are some people who have intentions that may not be for the good mm -hmm. of all. Yeah. Um, we like to work with those darker energies and those those heavier energies to do their bidding. I don't mm -hmm. agree with that, but okay. I do understand why those darker forces exist. Because okay. if we don't encounter them, if we don't experience them, we'll never understand the light yeah yeah but we can't be so like oh high vibes only you know we only have to explore you yeah. like i only want light because that's not that's not our reality mm -hmm. our reality is that everything exists mm -hmm. for a purpose you know um so i don't know if i answered your question i feel like you did yeah but that's just kind of how like everything has its purpose um, you can't have one without the other. You can't have light without the darkness and you can't have the darkness without the light. And they both exist um, for a purpose. I just will say that I do lean more on my light side. Mm -hmm. But as I am moving and exploring and evolving in this spiritual journey, I am now realizing that the dark side of my of who I am Sometimes it needs to be tapped into to remind a motherfucker who I am. And I've gotten to a Love point it. where before I was like, oh, I just can't. I just can't. Now I'm like, oh, I think I have time today. Yeah. There's <laughs> a time and place for everything. I think some people have forgotten. Like, I'm, I tend to be very, very sweet. And right. like, I default to, like, the very sweet, kind side. But now I'm starting to realize and acknowledge my dark side and the purpose of why that's there yeah you're right so everything serves a purpose yeah so everything. to not make an enemy of it but to accept that it is a part of our experience here yeah it is a part of who we are absolutely yeah so we can't deny it you know we can't we can't just ignore that it doesn't exist you know, and I think that's why a lot of people, I mean, of course, shadow work is this big buzz, but mm -hmm. that's, I think I believe that's one of the reasons why shadow work is so important for us to really understand our darkness and to mm -hmm. become one with it and yeah. to acknowledge it and to honor it because that's also what makes us up as well. You that's know, right. we are made up of light and dark. And so mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to be able to explore both sides so that we fully understand who we are as these spiritual beings holistically, you know, in this realm. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to just like, you know, be on that on the dark side because I want to do some ill intent type stuff. Like that's not how I flow. Right, right, right. But we all have a choice. But yeah, we are made up of both. And I think it's important for us to understand both in order for us to fully come to 
the knowing of who we are and the self-mastery we have to know both sides of who we are we just can't ignore one side of the coin you know what i'm saying like we have to understand both sides so absolutely i love that i think what i'm taking away from that is about and you said this in the last episode too is understanding duality um but not necessarily just you know looking at things as as good or bad versus like what can i learn from the light aspects what can i learn from the dark aspects you know how do those things exist also within me and not necessarily outside of me we want to resonate with the light but we don't want to have anything oh. to do with the dark when it has to do with us and we yes. see that as like this scary thing outside of ourselves um oh. which for me again i think still rings true when i think about what didn't resonate with me when i was in like a religion organized religion um because it kind of was described that way like this thing that is trying to destroy you or Evil. you know exactly yeah. Or thing to fear, right? That I have no control over, but it has control over me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but no, I, I love the way that you you brought to the surface the fact that you know one can't exist without the other. That's just the reality. And but I've been and I've had to overcome, you know, the programming that I've had. For sure. Yeah. To feel like, oh, I I don't want to I don't want to explore that side of me. I don't want to. Yeah. Now I'm at a point. I'm like, let's do it you know <laughs> I'm and I am so ready and I'm not like a I'm not a confrontational person I can be right um right I'm right right type of person that is in your face but I can be but it's also mm-hmm. um I'm fine until I'm not fine if I'm a pro if if, yeah. if I get provoked then I'm going to unleash the beast <laughs> so I've gotten to the point where I'm like I am perfectly fine with allowing yeah. that thought for me to come out whereas before I'm like oh I can't no I'm just no I don't want to do that I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings now I'm like oh you you pushed the bear you were tapping you were poking the bear okay I feel like some of that comes too from religion because we think about um we have role models like Jesus who seem to most of the time only want to emit positivity and and love and there is a time for everything. There is a time where you have to put people in their place. And if you only see things as outside of you, right. um, you naturally kind of create this distinction between, you know, it and you, when in actuality, we all have of that inside of us. It's a part of, Absolutely. and it does, again, serve a purpose. So, um, yeah, I'm so glad you brought, like, honesty and transparency to that. That's, that's important. Good. I'm happy. I tried. <laughs> yes. So um, as we wrap up, what I know you have things going on, <laughs> busy as always. So what are some of the things you have that are upcoming that you would like to share with us? Um, and uh, what are you working on? What are some projects besides, you know, taking your class? Yeah. Uh, so next Monday, um, yeah, September 25th, we have a sound bath. Uh, two queens and crystal things we are hosting a sound bath at the LaSalle hotel from seven to eight there's also okay. going to be like a vendor tape there are going to be a couple of vendors there so you can you know sign up and then you can do some shopping afterwards and then um october i'm supposed to do a sound event i'm waiting for the details on that one okay in november we're looking at the weekend of november 11th to reschedule our women's retreat the right and um the awaken retreat for women and this is a really great retreat for women who are wanting to 
wanting to fully understand who they are, dig mm -hmm. deep, and to overcome some of the the limitations we put on ourselves. Yeah. And when we when the women leave, we want we want them to realize like who they truly are and to see themselves as the divine being that they are and the goddesses that they are and to really stand in that energy mm -hmm. and to also also to um you know become masters of their of their lives to become yeah. masters of their ship so mm -hmm. it is yeah it's, it's a really great retreat we're really excited to um put it out so we're that weekend of the 11th we're still waiting to i think we have we did get confirmation but we're, you know, we're going to be promoting it once again um, for that weekend. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Another, one more thing. I'm sorry. One more thing that I am working on is once my herbal classes are done, I will be um, going back to finishing my book, which is called Getting Back to Me. And yes. It just chronicles everything that I've gone through up until this point, which is insane when I think about it, but. I'm really looking forward to closing that chapter, pun intended, but <laughs> just I'm halfway in the book, halfway through the book. And once my classes are over, I can finish writing it, but I'm hoping to get things launched by next year. That's, that's amazing and very inspiring. I've been trying to write a book forever, so I know how hard that is <laughs> and getting through it and, you know, getting to a place where you feel like you're, um, you're progressing towards you know, wrapping it up. So um, definitely looking forward to that and anticipating um, the release of that. But thank you for just sharing all of the things you have going on. I definitely am going to be checking in um, on those things and also just following up with you um, about your services that you um, have mentioned in a previous episode. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's, there's always that too. So I, I don't know. know. My speak Reiki, to those two. my yeah. sessions, um, my oracle sessions, sound healing sessions. Uh, I honestly, once these classes are over with, I will have, I feel like I'm like, I will get my schedule back, but I have been still seeing clients. Um, I absolutely love my Reiki work. I really do because it not only teaches me about myself, but it just mm -hmm. shows me just another depth of um, in working with clients and how beneficial it can be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you again, Chrissy, for everything that you do. I have so much gratitude for you just taking this time out, not once, but twice to um, share yourself with us. So thank you again. I can't thank you enough, actually, um, for the conversation. I appreciate it. Hey, listeners, I just wanted to take a moment out to say thank you. We have the deepest gratitude for your support and your willingness to listen to our episodes on the Decolonize to Thrive podcast. I'm also asking that if you have just a few seconds that you take a moment quickly to rate and review our podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It would mean so much to us if you left your feedback about how the podcast has impacted you or anything you might have learned so far. Secondly, we ask that you do share and follow our Instagram page at Decolonize to Thrive. And finally, we would love to feature your thoughts in a subsequent episode. And you can share those by leaving a voicemail at 312-843-3033.
or you can email your thoughts to decolonize to thrive at gmail.com. That is decolonize number two thrive at gmail.com. Again, we thank you so much for listening and we appreciate your support.